the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. Doing a little bit of re-imaging here. More stimulating Talk 910 AM. You can find us online at talk910.com. Talk910.com. It's call-in show. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I'm Rob Black. I've been running this show now for about six-plus months. I do 10 to noon. My particular area of knowledge is money and investing and saving and getting to retirement. Um, Getting there is about investing in your 401k. Getting there is about marrying correctly. Getting there is about proper use of insurance. For instance, insurance should never be an investment. So if you buy whole life insurance or variable life insurance, you're basically financially retarded. Did he just say that on the radio? Yes. Retarded means you're not going to grow. You're going to financially grow slower than you should. You don't buy whole life insurance. You don't buy variable life insurance. You buy term life and invest the rest. Another thing on insurance is you only use it in worst case scenarios. You don't use it every day. You don't use it as a golden payday. For instance, you have high deductibles, therefore you pay less. And if your car gets dinged in a parking lot, you don't get it fixed. You have a dinged car. Guess what? I'm going to look at you. I'm still going to admire you. Your neighbors are still going to look at you and still admire you. You don't have to get the ding fixed in the BMW. It's going to cost, well, first and foremost, people who drive BMWs and Mercedes who don't have $100,000 saved for retirement, I think you're financially retarded. People who use 15-year mortgage, I think you're financially retarded. People who prepay their mortgage, I think you're financially retarded. I think your your knowledge base is wrong, and I think you're hurting yourself. And you're going to have to work longer in order to get to retirement and and save more. And that's, that's unfortunate. By the way, I love referring to people. There's this person who lives on my street. Just not a good-looking person. He's got Ray Ratto. Ray Ratto from the Oakland Tribune. He's got these huge, huge jowls. He's not a fat man. Like, I don't get it. Like, his neck is just crazy. It's, it's blown up. He looks like Jabba the Hutt in the neck. But the rest of his body's not that, that obese. I refer to him as unfortunate-looking. Instead of ugly, I've come up with my own Californiaism, unfortunate-looking. Thank you very much. I'll be here all week. Don't forget to tip your waiters. On the way out. Um, anyway, anyway. So I'm going to talk money with you, and I'm going to be honest with you. I bring to this show what I would refer to as a Generation X approach. Armstrong and Getty, they probably went to college to study radio and how to get in and out of breaks. I didn't. I went to college to know about money. I went to college to, to get to retirement. I'm not good at radio. I make mistakes. I do a lot of ums and uhs. I have a lot of crutches. I'm not supposed to tell them to you. That's what program directors say. Don't bring out your flaws. Mm. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about how fun it can be in investing. And I, I want you to enjoy money. I want you to get it. I don't want you to get it over your head. For instance, here's a great investment lesson. And I wish I could tell you who taught me it, but I think it was myself. Restaurants. 
Restaurants are three-year investments at best. You can go back and look at Outback Steakhouse. As an investment in the 90s, it was very, very good. Late 90s, it started going rotten. I remember the first time I went to, to an Outback Steakhouse, and I got that big old plate of fries, cheese fries, cheese fries. And I remember the steak was pretty good, right? Like, I've got a theory that restaurants introduce food at higher quality, and then over time, they bring in the lower quality stuff. But that's, that's one of my conspiracy theories. I don't believe in UFOs. I do believe in Bigfoot. But I do believe Bigfoot's a big guy in New Jersey who's got a lot of hair on his body. But that's neither here nor there. See, that's one of my radio crutches. I say neither here nor there. That's a crutch. But anyway, investing in Canon should be fun. And for instance, Chipotle Mexican Grill. They're, they're in the news today. Listen to the news that they're in today. They've made a deal with East Coast Farms, one of the Florida's largest tomato growers, under which workers who harvest tomatoes for Chipotle will receive additional penny per pound, a wage increase of 64% for tomatoes picked for Chipotle. Now, the agreement between Chipotle and East Coast Farms comes following months of discussions between Chipotle and a coalition of Imokali workers, a community-based organization's led a campaign to increase wages for people who work on farms. That's in the news. Eh, I don't really care about that. It's, it's to me, it's, I can tell you that. And you can go, hey, good for Chipotle. They're supporting the worker. Okay. Chipotle, to me, is spicing up the restaurant business. Chipotle was once owned by McDonald's. Weird, right? And they were spun off of McDonald's. Chipotle Mexican Grill operates a chain of more than 880 quick casual Mexican eateries in more than 30 states. I don't know one person that goes to Chipotle and says, that's awful. Everyone kind of likes it. Customers can build a one and a quarter pound burrito from a lineup that includes chicken, steak, barbecue, pork, beans, rice, guac, veggies, and salsa. Company maintains that extras of its menu, they got 65,000 choices in their opinion. They serve tacos, chips, salsa, beer, margaritas. A lot of their eateries can be found in urban retail areas. Revenue in the last three years have gone from $800 million to $1 billion to $1.3 billion. Did you hear that? Their revenue has gone from $800 million to $1.3 billion in three years. They're exploding. Their income has gone from $41 million to $78 million. How about if your income goes from $41,000 to $78,000? you would say you're a pretty hot catch, right? This is a pretty hot catch. Now, here's the problem with, with, reals, with the restaurants. There's no shortage of them. And the first time you have a bad experience at Chipotle, the first time an 18-year-old kid has a booger hanging out his nose, the first time an 18-year-old kid gives you flack, you'll never go there again. And that's the problem with restaurants. That's why, like, there's a restaurant in my hometown called Town. And it's amazing because the the, the servers are so well-trained. There's never a problem. They'll say things like, that's my pleasure to get you that knife. I'm like, it's your pleasure? But I dig it. They take good care of you. So... Restaurants are three-year investments. They've got great growth stories, and then eventually they go sideways, and we go to something else. We're a nation that's picky. We're a nation outside of San Francisco that loves chain restaurants. I once invested in a company called P.F. Chang's. P.F. Chang's, great, great investment for me. I went on Fox Business News, not Fox Business News, but um, Fox Business on weekends. They had a show called Cash and Cash and In. And one of the editors of the show, or one of the editors of Forbes was there, a guy named Jesse. And he's an 89-year-old man. He's old. And he's seen everything. And they, they say, have two stock picks for us. And one of my stock picks was a regional bank. And they loved it. You get it in front of a panel of three of these guys. Another one of my uh, picks was P.F. Chang's. And, and Jesse goes, and I didn't know this. I didn't watch the, the show cashing in before I went on it. 
Jesse screams at me. I'm a guest on the show, and he screams at him. He goes, he goes, there's no shortage of Chinese restaurants in America. And I was like, I said the F word in my head. I didn't know what I was going to, like, I'm being yelled at on national TV. And then I go, ancient Chinese secret. This isn't a Chinese restaurant. PF in PF Chang's actually stands for Paul Fleming. And it's, 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 it's a designer steak restaurant that is now a Chinese restaurant. And if you go into P.F. Chang's, there's nothing Chinese. It's all American Chinese. There's, no, like, no pig's feet or intestines. Chinese food is, is not – American Chinese is, is greased. It's, it's floured. It's, 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 it's deep fried. It's not battered. Well, it's battered and deep fried. It's not, a, it's not Chinese. It's an American restaurant that looks – oh, it's got some cute Chinese figures on, on the menu. That's about all it is. So I came back hard and I came back strong and I, I punched him in his belly. I didn't punch the old man in his belly, literally, but I kind of did in a figurative way. So anyway, P.F. Chang's ended up going from 20 to 80 for me. And I won that battle, but I had to think quickly on my feet. And then I got out of it because the novelty in restaurants ultimately will wear off with bad service. Let's get squeezing a phone call, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. So the investment lesson that I gave to you there, what did we learn on the show today, Rob? We learned that restaurants can be great investments early in the cycle, don't stay too long. Let's go to Joe in Redwood City. Joe. Joe in Redwood City. Yeah, I was wondering, I've heard you say you like to use a IRA to uh, buy an RV, but I haven't been able to grasp the mechanics of that. Is that a tax write-off or what? No, what I said is I would use a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k to do big purchases in retirement. And for my smaller, you know, food needs in retirement, I would want to draw from a regular IRA or a regular 401k. Um, 401ks and IRAs in retirement, I know this is offensive, but you get taxed on it. It's income as it's distributed to you. But a Roth 401k and a Roth IRA, you've already paid income taxes on it. And thus in retirement, you get the money tax free. So modern portfolio theory now says you should have both, Joe, going into retirement so that on your bigger purchases, let's say I get brain cancer and I need to fly to Mexico and have a radical brain cancer surgery, I would take that money from my Roth and I would use my daily uh, expenses out of my regular IRA so I can stay in that lowest tax bracket possible. If I were to pull $100,000 out, I would lose 30% of it, boom, just like that, and it's taxes. So I'm really only taking 70000 out. So... For the big purchases, you want to use the Roth. For the small purchases, a regular IRA. Does that make sense? Yeah. Thank so, you. Thanks for the call. 800-345-5639. That's kind of how the show works. Another way the show works, you can call 800-345-5639. Um, you can get on the, the live blog. Now, the live blog can be found at talk910.com, talk910.com. And while there, you can jump on the live blog and you can throw out questions. And if you ask a good question, I'll answer it on the air for sure. Slim said, Rob, can you comment? On the advantages, disadvantages of a reverse mortgage for my 71-year-old broke father-in-law who owns his own home in Dallas. That might be a perfect person to a reverse mortgage for. Um, first and foremost, there's a sponsor on this show. Uh, you can go to their website, reversemortgagestore.com. And I actually met the woman who runs reversemortgagestore.com, Maggie O'Connell, seven years ago in Oakland. And she's a pleasant Irish woman. And she's one of those people in the financial world that's not slimy. She's nice. She's kind. She's generous. Um, a reverse mortgage for your father in this scenario is ideal in my mind because he's broke, but he has a house that's paid off. He's 70 plus years old. He ain't got that much time left on this planet. 
Now, if he's going to take the reverse mortgage and go to Vegas and gamble, that's a bad move. But if he's going to take the reverse mortgage and, and have the bank pay him a monthly amount, it's going to reduce the value of the not the value of the home, but it's going to reduce, it's going to increase the loan if you think about it. So he's going to be pulling money out of his own home. He's going to live off of it. Social Security is about $20,000 a year in retirement in a best-case scenario right now, of which 9000 goes to health care costs. So he has $11,000 to live off of. Take money out of the home. Absolutely. And, you know, if his kids are, are bothered that they're going to get less of an inheritance, screw the kids. When you're 70 years old, live as well as you can. So a reverse mortgage makes sense for your father, Slim. In my opinion, I don't know everything about your father. Keep that in mind. He may have a gambling problem. He may have an alcohol problem. And then a reverse mortgage store gives him money to get you know further into those problems. 800-345-5639. Let's go to Wes in San Lorenzo. Wes? Yeah. Hi, Rob. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks. Good. Uh, I have a question. I want to purchase another house. I spoke with you a couple weeks ago. I'm the guy. I'm on Social Security. I'm trying to get it. And uh, basically what it is, I, I own my house now free and clear. So I can rent this house for about 1600 a month. The new house is going to cost about 300000 The house I'm in now will pay the payment for the new house. And I'm actually going to put about 100000 down on that house. Uh, is that a good idea, or should I just stay in my house and... Why do you want two houses? Uh, I, I want to set it up so that when I when I get older and probably pass away before my wife, that she's set up, you know, with, she doesn't have to worry about money. Houses are awful investments. Houses are great liabilities, and over time they become nice investments. Right. Um, that's my opinion. I understand. So you want your wife to live in a house that's paid off? Uh, no. We, we would both move into the new house. Okay. It's a lot larger house. We just live in a small house now. Okay. Because uh, my daughter got married, she's going to have kids. When they come to visit, I want to have somewhere for the grandkids to stay. Okay. And you know, I just I want to set my wife up and myself if I live long enough to uh, you know, so she doesn't have to worry about money. A house isn't going to help her with money. A house is going to help her with a place to live. Yeah. A house doesn't have a job. It doesn't pay income. Right. But the one I'm in now is going to pay income. That's you know. So you're going to turn it into a rental. Yes. Okay, how much is the house that you live in now? How much is that worth? It's worth about 300000 Okay, and how much do you think you could rent it for? 1600 a month. 1600 a month. Have you done what rate of return that is? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, you need to. You need to figure out how much are you getting out of the house because right now you could sell your house for 300000 You can get a 5.5% California Municipal Go Bond. Real rate of return is almost 7%. So if that 300000 isn't kicking off 7%, you're in an underperforming asset. Okay. Keep in mind that between now and the next 30 years, that $300,000 house, it may it may go up to $400,000, but $400,000 won't be the same as $400,000 today. Right. Because of inflation and because the declining value of the dollar. Right. So your home is going that $300,000 house is going to lose 3 to 4% per year on the historical rate of inflation. So it's paid off, it's losing 3 to 4% per year. Versus selling the house and getting 7% real rate of return. Now, the home can go up in value, and that's where it throws into this argument a question of, I don't know where you live, and I don't know how great of a house it is or isn't. But I would rather be nest egg wealthy or bond wealthy or cash wealthy than house wealthy only. I think two homes is not the worst thing in the world. It's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. Two homes, not the worst thing in the world, but 
you also have to have a nest egg. So I say go with one home and a million dollars. A million dollars will pay you forty to sixty thousand dollars a year till the day you die. Right. That's not too shabby. Now again, that's a big number, and maybe you can, and maybe you can't get there. Money doubles every seven point two years. A home goes up or down in value, whether or not it's paid off or not. So I don't like paid off homes, and that's where I'm going at with this, Wes. And I, I can't tell you that that's what I wouldn't do. What you're doing, but that doesn't mean you're wrong. Okay, it, it just, How about would it would it behoove me then to sell this house, use the tax advantage for the two hundred fifty thousand? You know, I'd be able to keep a lot sure. of that money, buy the new house with that. Then I'd only have one house, wouldn't have to worry about renting or anything, and I pretty much uh, I'd end up with a larger house. Wes, can you drop me an email and give me a little bit more color on what you have in a nest egg? Because yeah. I need to know your age before I can really give you good, solid, serious advice. Okay. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com, and I'll fire your back response. And, and say that you're Wes from the radio, and I'll get right back to you. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Shoe. You're listening to Rob Black. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Looking at a couple things that I I wanted to get to today, but time seems to be slipping away. Hugh Hefner filed for divorce on Friday. He's been separated for over 11 years. 11 years separated. He finally gets around to filing for divorce. It's interesting to note that he's requesting spousal support for Conrad, Kimberly Conrad, his wife, should stand at $20,000 a month, acknowledging that since their separation 11 years ago, he's given her nearly $12 million dollars. I think I'd be married to that old man for $12 million. Oftentimes I question, what would you do for a million dollars? I think I'd marry Hugh Hefner for $12 million. Uh, He was supporting her at $40,000 a month. Things got shaky between the two of them when he sold the home that she lived in uh, with her two sons or his two sons as well. Uh, She sued Hefner for $4 million earlier this year, claiming she's owed the monies from the sale of the home that they own jointly. He said, quote, I'm happy to be out of this marriage. I'm only married. I was only married to her for the sake of the children at her request. I'm happy to have this behind me. Um, He was asked if he felt that he owed her money for the sale of the home. He said, I've been generous to a fault. You think Hefner would be worth being married to for twelve million dollars in lifestyle? I don't know. I guess I take that back. I probably wouldn't be married to him for twelve million dollars. Speaking about uh, money, one person I kind of want to talk about. And uh, MC Hammer. Remember good old MC Hammer? I guess everyone remembers good old MC Hammer. Anyway, um, Hammer Time. You know, I started the show today with a little Billy Joel and how he had this business story that's kind of interesting. Where he went off and became a piano man to try to break his deal with the record company. Or at least, you know, get a lot of songs accrued until he was out of his deal with that record company so he can get with another record company. Kind of circumvented. Prince did the same thing. Remember Prince? Uh, He had a record deal problem that any recordings under the name Prince, he was going to owe the money to the record company. So he changed his name to a symbol until that record deal expired. He legally changed his name to a freaking fracking symbol to, to circumvent that record deal. But MC Hammer, the patron saint of pants, he's regarded as the, one of the most influential musical evangelists of our time. There had been hit rap songs and there had been hit rap albums before him, but MC Hammer was the man who truly brought rap music to a mass pop audience. Can't touch this. He had the flamboyant wardrobe, baggy parachute pants. A friend of mine in high school actually made baggy parachute pants and put little uh, margaritas on them. 
white friend of mine tried to look like MC Hammer. Pretty ridiculous. Um, he had an ear for the catchy source material, and ultimately, I think that's you know helped him. You know, please Hammer, don't hurt him. Became the best-selling rap album of all time. Even if he was never able to duplicate this level of success, his street credibility um, was non-existent. You know, he was a rapper who had no street credibility. MC Hammer, again, patron saint of pants. Um, how did he spend his money? He lost $33 million. How can you lose $33 million? You know, we did a story the other day about a 16-year-old who won $3 million in the lottery, and she put $700,000 into designer clothes. She did a lot of drugs and partying, too. She lost it all. She hates it. She hates the money. MC Hammer. $12 million of his $33 million was used to build his home in Fremont, California, 30 miles south of where he grew up. Among the documented features in his house, he had a recording studio. He had a 33-seat theater with stadium seating, two swimming pools, tennis courts with a baseball diamond. Um, yeah, you heard me. He had a baseball diamond. He had waterfalls. He had ponds and aquariums. He had a mirrored bathroom, $75,000 in mirrors just throughout the house. He wanted to look at himself to the tune of $75,000 in mirrors. He had $2 million of Italian marble floors and a floor-to-ceiling gray marble office, marble countertops in the kitchen, a stop sign that had hammer time engraved in it. He had massive gold and black marble jacuzzi, basketball courts. He had a bowling alley. He had a 17-car garage. 17-car garage. He had two gold-plated hammer time gates for the entrance to his property. Now, okay, I'll forgive a man for wanting a 17-car garage. I'll get forgive a man for putting $2 million of marble floors in the house. I'll forgive a man for wanting a 33-seat theater with stadium seating. I don't even have 33 friends, but I'll forgive a man for that. But he had two gold-plated hammer time gates. I think that was a bit excessive. He had a dishwasher installed in his master bedroom. Hold on, what? A dishwasher? Uh, a dishwasher in his master bedroom? I love this story. Now, in his 17-car garage, he actually had 17 cars. He had a Lamborghini, he had a stretch limousine, he had a Range Rover, he had a DeLorean, he had two helicopters. Not one helicopter, two helicopters. He had a 1976 refurbished hoopty. He had investments up to $1 million in thoroughbred racehorses, awful investments. He had careless spending on high-priced items like golf clubs, sculpture, Gold chains for his four pet Rottweilers. Okay, okay. Gold chains for a pet Rottweiler. Think about that for just a second. Now, here's where he got into a lot of trouble. Some of that investment in the home is going to hold some value, right? He had an entourage of 300 people. Most of them were on a payroll, bankrolled by him. His total monthly payroll for his entourage Five hundred thousand dollars a month. The posse ended up contributing to some of his financial decline, as well as low-selling albums that followed his opener. He openly declared many of these people he tried to help out were never really his true friends and were in it for the money and the fame. He leased a Boeing seven twenty-seven. He had two helicopters and he still leased a plane. I love this story. Isn't it fantastic? Um, long story short, if you get thirty-three million dollars. Cut your friends out of your life and don't live to impress because it's not going to be there forever. The fame is, is fleeting. One day I too will be fired. One day I too will be a part of a format change. Things change.
So Hammer couldn't see that things would change for him. His, his luck would change. $33 million. And he had friends. He had 300 people pulling in $500,000 in cash a month. That's how money runs out fast. It's no big secret, is it? To get your calls on the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Again, I think the, the two helicopters was probably what pushed it over for me. It's the Rob Black Show. You can find me online at robblack.com, or you can find me on talk910.com, talk910.com. During the commercials, I go online, I jump in the blog, and I respond to your comments. For instance, Suzanne, she heard that I have got a vampiric raccoon in my backyard, and she says, put a radio under your deck during the day when you're not at home. I discovered that since uh, that happened, that the raccoon's gone away. See, it's not under my house. It used to be under my house when I had a different house, but I bought a house with a creek in the backyard, and sure enough, I've got a vampiric raccoon that comes up from the creek at night. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. I'm John Cobell. I'm Ken Champeau. We're the John and Ken Show. Join us weekdays from 3 to 7. Now, Rob Black on 910 AM, more stimulating talk. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Gone through some interesting content today. I've talked about bank bank robbers, bank robbers who wear child car seats on their head. Makes no sense to me, but criminals are stupid. That's good news. Giving you some investment ideas. I went over in large detail the idea of investing in restaurants and how to do it properly. Talked a little bit about Obama healthcare. Talked about two movies that are coming out, Zombies and Vampires, that I'm looking forward to. One's called Zombieland, and another one is, what is that one called? Day of Darkness? And it's just got an interesting concept to me. The concept is, it's oh, it's called Daybreakers. It's a society of all vampires. They've basically bitten all humans, and there's no humans left. Well, there's very few humans left, and there is the drama. It's a good concept. I don't know. I just, I like the, the break from reality. I can talk all sorts of ideas at you. For instance... There was a note coming out of Citigroup today talking about Comcast should merge with Time Warner. Seeing seven benefits, they would be cost control, investment grade rating on their debt. It would counter content costs that are escalating. It could simplify their wireless strategy. It would limit a bidding war for future cable assets. And it would extend the cost advantage over telecoms and direct broadcast satellite. It would also counter some of the things that we've seen in the direct um the satellite industry recently. So they say $20 target on Comcast. Now, I'm a Comcast subscriber. I admit that I guess I'm wealthy. You can get satellite radio for or satellite television for a lot cheaper. Comcast is expensive, but it's a premium service in my opinion. So have you ever known Comcast to cut prices? No, they don't do it. What they'll do is offer you more. For instance, high-speed internet cable modem. I got a cable modem with Comcast. Seriously. You can take away my right to bear arms. You cannot take away my right to high-speed internet access. I would flip out. I'm kidding about the bearing arms because I think that's important, and I understand that I'm on a conservative talk radio station. But you get my point. I love my high-speed internet. And it used to be 40 bucks a month. Now it's 60 bucks a month, but they give you more. 
It used to be four megs downloads. Now it's 16 meg downloads. Like, whoa, it's blazingly fast. They'd never cut costs, though. It's an interesting business model to watch. I'm not telling you to go out and invest in Comcast. I'm saying take a look at it. Take a look at it. Understand how businesses work. There's a pilot program on Market Street. I'm supposed to get more local, more local content. Program director says, we need more local content. So here's some local content for you. Market Street's going to be closed to most private vehicles. Did you hear that? It's an ambitious plan by the mayor and public transportation officials to ease traffic congestion on the notoriously clogged street. Make it a little bit safer for motorcycle uh, for cyclists and pedestrians. Now, starting September 29, which is right around the corner, most cars traveling east on market are going to be banned beginning at 6th Street. Eastbound cars will be encouraged to turn right on 10th Street. If they don't make the turn, the next one they have to make it 8th Street. Traffic flowing north and south will be unaffected. It's going to be a six-week test. Now, down the road, this is part of Mayor Gavin Newsom's large vision to turn a dirty, crowded Market Street into a world-class thoroughfare. And I think it's a great idea. Barcelona's got, you know, Las Ramblas. New York's got Broadway. Market should be more of a destination. Market Street should be more of a destination, less of a traffic congestion. Now, when I first saw this story, I'm like, hate it. Hate it. It's going to make it tougher for me to get in and out of work. Hate it. It's going to make it tougher for me to get where I want to get to. But the city is so lovely and so wonderful. We should have a destination boulevard. And we're starting to go in that direction. For instance, um, by the year 2013 or in the year 2013, we're going to start maybe throwing cobblestones down on market. You know, and that will help restaurants and storefronts. They're going to start holding concerts and other events along the street. A little mini plaza, some seating, some tables, some food, some kiosks, some landscaping. So my initial reaction was I hate it. And then I'm like, you know what? I think this is a good test. And uh, let's see if we can't make uh, San Francisco even more lovely. Limiting cars on Market Street, not a new idea. Willie Brown, he did it 10 years ago. He tried to propose an outright ban. Businesses rejected the idea, saying it would hurt their bottom line. Supervisor Chris Daly, he proposed a similar ban last summer, and I'm actually for it because I would like a little bit more lovely area, and that's a perfect area for it. It'd be friendlier. It'd be prettier. So I don't know. So just throwing that out there. Let's do a little bit of tech talk. Tech talk is what my background is as an analyst, tech analyst. I understand technology. I understand investing in technology. I'm really, really good at it. So I love technology. I grew up in that time frame. You know, I was born uh, late, late 60s. So this is my time frame, so to speak. Uh, as technology went from the Atari 2600, you know, the little joystick and Pong to where it is today. Now, Palm has come out with a new phone called the Pre. Now, they came out with a new one yesterday called the Pixie. It's a smaller, cheaper Pre. Palm has cut the price on the Pre, and this is basically very weak sell through. It's not doing well. I would be very cautious owning either Sprint or Palm at this point in time because who's the king? Apple is the king. Apple has a situation right now where they've got the most desired phone that has the most desired applications, and that's not going to end anytime soon. Keep in mind, I said anytime soon. Now, Sprint also came out with a new revolutionary phone plan today. It's kind of nice. I once got into some credit card debt, not credit card debt, but some debt tied towards a phone. Remember how expensive they used to be and how big they used to be? I like watching old episodes of X-Files because David Duchovny's carrying around a cell phone that's the size of, a, of his head. You know, it, things have changed pretty fast, pretty rapidly. Form factor's gotten a lot smaller. So anyway, Sprint comes up with this new plan. You know, they used to give you 300 minutes. and You'd roll it over, and you'd, you'd, that's where they killed you, these plans. 
So this new plan is called Any Mobile Anytime. The new plan is going to allow you to use your Sprint phone to call any mobile phone on any carrier at any time for however long you want. Basically what it is, it's un- essentially unlimited minutes. Now Sprint Any Mobile Anytime will be added to the all everything data plan starting the next billing cycle. So they're trying to lure people from AT&T and Verizon. They're realizing the palm's not enough to lure. Now, it's an expansion. It won't work if, say, you're roaming because you're not using Sprint's network when you roam. But it's an expansion. I guess we're getting there. I, I think cell phone plans are one of the areas that I once had a very young sea bass in here. And he was talking about how he can't save any money. But he had an Apple iPhone. He had an Apple iPhone data plan. He had an Apple AT&T phone plan. I'm almost thinking at this point in time, we as a society should just give up on the cell phones, go back to answering machines, and go back to landlines and save a bundle of money. Um, I mean, right there, that's your retirement plan. That's his retirement plan. He's choosing not to retire so that he can have a cell phone. I think that's ridiculous. Anyway, let's talk about Apple because we talked about Palm. Let's talk about Apple. Yesterday was a big day for him. They did a developer's, well, they did a conference where you got to see Steve Jobs. Ooh, he's live. He's thin. Right at the end of that conference, bloggers started going, he's thin. Maybe he ain't healthy. And Wall Street will work on rumor mongering like this. Anyway, one analyst out there today says the company continues to innovate and release impressive new products. Margins are at high levels and they appear untouchable. Desktop Mac and MacBook sales have continued to grow market share. Now, back in the early 90s, Apple made a huge mistake. They had a very closed system. They wouldn't let anyone just, uh, make software for the Macs. Apple, uh, Microsoft, on the other hand, had an open system. Anyone could develop any programs, and they would build it into Windows so that it would work. So, you know, the best example of this was there's 10,000 printers out there, and they'd all work on Microsoft, but you had to have an Apple printer with an Apple computer. So they made a huge mistake back then. Now they're doing the exact opposite. They're opening up, Apple is. So they've been able to grow their market share. The company sold over 30 million iPhones at nearly $500 each. They've deferred a large portion of that, and now they've got $12 billion in deferred revenue. They got money coming in for the next year, two years, that due to their accounting, they didn't take all that money up front. They've deferred it. And they've also got year-over-year revenue growth that's recently accelerated again. They also got that new video camera that they introduced yesterday that should drive the iPod product cycle again. They're making the iPod with video slightly, slightly different than the iPhone with camera they're trying to keep the ipod relevant now real networks is out there today and this is going from apple we're going we're jumping to one more thing and they've got a service for 14 bucks a month called rhapsody that apple's going to let them put on the iphone you could have unlimited music stream on your iphone as long as you have a wi-fi hotspot or a cellular signal so they're opening up Last comment in the world of technology, Xerox was upgraded today, and I saw that upgrade, and I go, who the freaking fracking cares? But I want you to remember that Xerox was the Apple of the 1970s. Sony was the Apple of the 80s and the 90s. Apple dominates the 2000s, but down the road in 2010, do I think there will be someone hotter, younger, and faster? I do. That's what I got for you. It's a little bit of tech talk. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. You're listening to Rob Black, 9:10 a.m. More stimulating talk. This is probably my favorite band of all time. And you're not a fan if you refer to them as the talking heads. You're a fan if you refer to them as the heads. I just made that up. But... Go with me. The station is changing ever so slightly. It's tweaking. 
We are more stimulating talk. I really appreciate what Armstrong and Getty do and the new talk show that we have on this afternoon. I heard a little bit of them this morning, and I'm going to listen. I'm going to be a fan. I'm going to be a fan of the heads. I'm going to be a fan of the station. Give it a chance. Go with it. Interact with it. I can assure you, Armstrong and Getty, they are just as nice of guys off the air as they are on the air. Again, I don't know much about this new afternoon show. I think it's John and Ken. They're from different part of California, but from what I heard this morning, very smart and issues that you and I care about, issues that are close to home. What I do and I do well is I talk about money. I get you to retirement. I'm most proud when a 25-year-old smoking hot girl sends me an email and says, I got into a 401k. I'm most proud when a 30-year-old dude who's getting ready to lose his job says, I've got a two-month emergency fund and I'm going to be okay. I like it when the youth really get this because it's so much easier to do when you're young. I hate seeing people work till the day they die. I saw my dad work till the day he died. He did it because that's the only way he could live. But it's a waste to work till the day you die, in my opinion. Anyhow, one thing that I promise you, I'm going to do theme shows on a regular basis. I'm going to do shows where, like today, I told you about a vampiric raccoon that I got in the backyard. I've got an office in my yard, and in my office... Staring at me last night from five feet was this was this raccoon, just this evil monster. It was dog-sized and had big old fangs, and it was hissing at me. Um, not good. Not good. I'm going to tell you about my life. I feel a little uncomfortable with it, but I have to. I got to show you the lessons that I, the mistakes that I made and the lessons that I learned. You know, I did marry a Playboy model who was crazier than a fox. She was lovely in so many ways, but her mother was institutionalized. Her brother was institutionalized. I should have heard, as soon as I heard that story, I should have said, I'm out of here. So if I could teach you one thing, if someone you're falling madly in love with and you have a great sex life with and you're thinking about getting married, if they tell you that they got family members who are in institutions, run. Run, hide, cut and chase. Just go out. Don't even think twice about it because it can really ruin you financially. I got out of it okay. Ultimately, I got out of it really cheap. And uh, I actually used a divorce mediator, which was $3,500 to get a divorce. California is a no-fault state, so it doesn't matter if you get a more powerful attorney than she does or she gets a more powerful attorney than you do. It's a no-fault state. There's nothing – there's no – you don't win just because she has an affair with a 60-year-old French man who's older than her father. You don't win because of that. You don't win because you later learn that she's become a hooker on Craigslist. You just spend as little money as you can, and you move on. That's how you do it. You move on. You lick your wounds. Um, and that's what I have to say about that. Japan. Japan is a country I'm watching. Why am I watching Japan? Because exactly what happened in the United States happened in Japan. They had a huge push in their stock market in the 80s. You remember the movie Gung-Ho? Where those crazy Japanese knew how to make cars better than we did. They came over and taught us how to, we taught them how to drink beer and play softball. They taught us how to make cars. Michael Keaton, not that good of an actor. I don't really miss him. I'm kind of glad that he's out of, out of sight, out of mind. He was really good in Jackie Brown, but I haven't liked him in anything else he does. But Gung Ho, Long Duck Dong was in that. Um, the guy from 16 Candles, What's a Happening Hot Stuff. I think he was an underappreciated actor of our time, later to be seen on. Um, 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 ER, underappreciated in my mind. Now, I'm watching what's happening in Japan. 
ultimately because they had that stock market push. They had when they bought the Seattle Mariners, a Japanese company bought the Seattle Mariners. Americans freaked out. We started playing Born in the USA. We didn't like it. And then the United States, we started buying their stuff in the 90s. So kind of turnarounds fair play. So I'm watching Japan because their real estate hasn't gone up for 20 years. And a lot of you own real estate and you think it's going to go up. They've got an aging society where they, they take really good care of their older people. We take crap care of our older people. And it's expensive taking crap care of them with Social Security, with Medicare, with Medicaid. But they take good care. And they're having a problem getting out of there. Out of their economic funk. 20 years later, they kept interest rates artificially low for 20 years. They're dealing with a more intense version of a national aging problem than the United States is. But it's still a problem. So I'm still watching that. Let's see. Federal Reserve came out with a study today talking about the jobless recovery. I know I've got a pretty big audience today. We had ground-shaking news this morning. You can find out more about that ground-shaking news at talk910.com, talk910.com. And another reason I've got a bigger audience today than most days is a lot of people don't have jobs. Unemployment, real unemployment in the United States is at about 16%, i.e. people who are unemployed, plus i.e. people who want to work more, 16%. California, it's higher. Unemployment for teenagers is at 25%. So I probably got some kids out there thinking, I want to become a millionaire. How do I do it? I'm teaching you how to do it one day at a time. But today we see a, a reserve, Federal Reserve report. Federal Reserve, Federal Reserve is our, kind of our, our bank of banks. They're the king of the bankers. They're pretty powerful people. They set interest rates. Their job is to fight inflation. Inflation is the boogeyman. Inflation is the Jason. Inflation is the monster. Because you buy less with the same amount of money. And that's painful. That's why I don't like you paying off your house. Because if your house is paid off, Every dollar that's paid off loses 3 to 4% to inflation. Each year is the average rate of inflation is between 2 to 4%. So I don't like paying off the house. So anyway, back to what I was trying to get at. Jobless recovery. Federal Reserve, king of our bankers, they fight inflation. They said in a report that was released yesterday that business investments pick it up. Companies are replenishing inventories. They're buying software. They're buying capital equipment. They're seeing more manufacturing. They're saying the economy is, the recession is over. Now again, the GDP recession, growth in the GDP, gross domestic product, it's over. It's artificially over because of things like cash for clunkers. It's artificially over because of stimulus plans by our United States government that we don't know if it's going to latch in and create long-term jobs. The job recession is still rampant out there. And we won't really have a job recovery, at least in my mind, for two years. Increase your emergency fund right now and protect your job because we may not see a lot more job cuts, but we're certainly not going to see a lot more jobs created anytime soon. Sports show tomorrow. Second hour, I'm going to talk about the NFL. First hour, I'll talk about all things financial. You can find me online at talk910.com, talk910.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. Thanks for putting up. I do appreciate it. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.